0: Alright, so we have been talking about God moves and we hit a few things. I'm not gonna... For the sake of time, I can't... I don't want to do too much review so I can give you what God has for us today. Uh, but I think by now we understand that, you know, you know, there's, natu- there's uh, natural moves, there's worldly moves, and then there's God moves, right? Right, just from the standpoint of... I will give you this so we're all on the same page. So I don't know who you got working to... So, so I'm gonna need the the natural person, the the worldly Christian, and the spiritual Christian, all right? Just so we all. And this is something that we talk about in our discipleship class, the Master Life class. Uh, Minister Lamar did a review, so I, I don't. I'm believing the review went well. We couldn't call in this morning, but I think I went over survival kit and went over the discipleship disciples cross. But we learn this in the disciples personality, how you have the natural person, and this natural person is, you know, so you see, you have your sight, your sound, that's that body, you know, that's our feelings, your mind, will, emotions. You can include your intellect, your imagination. This is your choice station, that soul. And then, you know, of course, you have that spirit, man. But look, this door is open to the flesh. That's that natural person, the, the, the fleshly person, you know. And then, uh, you know, but the goal is for us to uh, accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So we've talked about that before. If you go to the worldly Uh, Christian the worldly Christian has opened the door to the spirit but the door still open to the flesh so Romans 8 says that that's that carnal mind that fleshly mind says to be carnally minded is death to be spiritually minded is life and peace Romans 8 5 through 8 right so here you you it's not just opening the door to the spirit but some of us you know we stay neutral and we allow that flesh to contaminate our choices our feelings and our flesh You know, instead of being just totally led by the spirit. Then the spiritual Christian, the spiritual Christian has crucified the flesh and closed the door. The adversary has no access. Right. Crucified. Here's Romans six. Right. Mortified those members. Right. You know that. But look, the door is open to the spirit. Uh, Galatians two. that person is is, it says, you know, we're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we live. It's not us to live. It's Christ that lives through us. But Ephesians 518. It says, be filled with this uh, uh, spirit of God, or the Greek says to be being filled. So you're continuously filled. So how that ties into, we can go back, you, we're done with that. But how it ties into what, we were talk, what we've been talking about, what we've been talking about. So you have natural moves you make in your life. You make moves led by your feelings, right? But then you have worldly moves where you're trying to do something spiritual, but you still are doing you letting that flesh control it you know so it's like it's it's uh it's like a double-minded move you know the bible says in james 1a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways right right so 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 it's like i'm I'm trying to make a spiritual move but i'm making a godly move too now somebody say well i'm making mostly spiritual moves right yeah some of us think that we'll go i'm making mostly spiritual moves But, you know, every once in a while I may do something natural, but most of the time it's spiritual. But I don't think it works that way. Um, Simply because, uh, uh, so we did a baptism with uh, the the children's ministry. And so I had a bottle of water. And and as you can see, the bottle is clear. And I took a little bit of dirt and I put inside the, the, the water bottle, just a little bit of dirt. So was the bottle ninety percent pure? Or what do you think? All dirty. It was all dirty, right? Just a little bit of dirt contaminated the whole bottle. Because if I put a little bit of dirt in here and shook it up, you drinking it? No. <laughs> right. So that's what happens. Like when we add a little bit of flesh into a spiritual decision, we done messed up the whole decision, right? So the goal is to be led by the spirit. And that's when and we said we've talked about this. That's making God moves, right? Spiritual moves, uh, those that they that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God, right? In Romans 8, uh, 14. So, so again, uh, the scripture tells us to walk in the Spirit. We should not fulfill the lust of the flesh, in Galatians 5, 16, right? So it's telling us to, if I'm going to walk and I'm going to take steps, take spiritual steps, be led by the Spirit. And, and, and I can get Christ saying that because he's saying, okay, I gave my life and I died for it. I, I took all the, the, the stripes. I got whipped. You know, y'all seen the movie, right? You probably ain't pulled it off the shelf in a while, but I got whipped. I, you know, and, and in the movie, the whip pulled meat out his back, right? He said, I went through all that so you can live in a, a spiritual life. And I said it was expedient that I go so I can send you a comforter, the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, uh, John 14, you read through John 14 and John 16. He says to show you things to come. So I set this life up for you now to have access to the Holy Spirit so you can live the life that I fearfully and wonderfully made you for, right? He says. so why would you live any other life? So now when we sit down every day, we have to say, are we living a life that Christ died for? We talked about that on Resurrection Sunday, right? Are we living a resurrected life? You know, are we making God moves? Are we still just making natural moves based on how we feel? Well, I don't... I don't think nothing's wrong with this. And I'm a, respectfully, that is a very good statement, and it is to be respected. But how does that line up with what God says? So we also talked about this. We talked about when we're making natural moves or worldly moves, we may be making them based on the first three sources of authority. That could be tradition, that could be experience, and that could be intellect. Because a lot of us make circumstance moves. Right. God tells us something. Then a circumstance comes up. Oh, God couldn't possibly expect me to do this now because, you know, a circumstance came up. Right. So, so you, in your mind, you say, I get a pass, you know, I get, I get an override, but that's not the, well, my wife said excuse. I was trying to be nice. Right. So, so, so we tell ourselves these things or this is the way our family, or this is the way we've always done it—tradition, right? We say because this is our tradition. Now, now again, I'm talking about family traditions, but you got church traditions too. The Bible says you've made the word of none effect through the traditions of men, right? So, so we have these. This is the way we've always done it at our church. This is the way we've always done it. Well, my granddaddy and my granddaddy's daddy, daddy, and that's nice, right? But. It's an evolving life, it's a transforming life, not a conforming life, right? So, so we'll do tradition. And then you have, you know, just, just flat out our feelings. I feel like this is okay. And, and again, that has a shelf life. All those three authorities, you can do things. You can gain some success, you won't be fulfilled. You can gain a level of success, but they have shelf life. And then when, when, when the life of that experience, tradition, or feelings wear out. Now you're right back where you were before God's word doing what God's word says when we should have just stayed there, right? We should have just stayed there. All right. So, so again, so I'm just trying to set the stage for what we're going to talk about today. Uh, so let's go to, uh, Isaiah 30, Isaiah chapter 30. Just think this is an interesting scripture to line up what we're talking about being led by the spirit of making God's moves. You know, the scripture tells us in 1 John 2, you have an unction from the Holy One and you know all things. Because you accelerate a lot better when you're making moves and you have a peace and you know God's involved. When God's not involved, you may still make the move, but you won't have a peace. You'll be looking over your shoulder the whole time. Like some of us today, some of us are looking over our shoulder because we know we're not doing what God has told us to do. All right. Can I, get a, can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> All right. How he know my business? God knows your business. I just be checking in with him. All right. So Luke, uh, I mean, Isaiah 30, uh, verse 21. It says, in thine eyes, thine ears shall hear a word behind thee. So, you know, it's like something's telling me something. But well, we know it's not something. We know it's the Holy Spirit. Right. It says, saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it when ye turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. So what he's saying is you'll be tempted, uh, uh, Matthew uh, uh, Matthew seven thirteen says a narrow way that leads to life and peace, right? So you're going on this path. You're right in line with what God told you to do. But you're tempted to be pulled to the left or the right, either through circumstances, through the pressure of tradition, through experience, to feelings. You know, there's a whole lot of things through lust, temptation, whatever, but there'll be, there'll, there's a voice that say, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, don't go that way. Right? No, 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 no. You're good. You're good. Stay there. Yeah. But look at the, no, don't worry about it. Just keep going. Yeah, but there's a sea in front of me. Don't worry. It'll open up. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't worry about a thing. Well, there's a storm? Don't worry about it. I'll calm it. Just keep on going. Don't, you know, like, don't, don't get rattled. Remember we, we just did unshakable. Right. Yeah, don't get, don't get, don't get shook because the circumstances, I remember uh, the disciples were sent out. Uh, Jesus gave them power and he sent them out and they, uh, they was casting out demons and healing the sick. Uh, Master, even the demons are subject unto us, right? And then uh, they, they ran into uh, a hierarchy because, you know, demonic activity is this there's principalities, there's, there's powers, there's hierarchy. So they ran into the top level demons. You know they weren't running into no privates they was running into you know some some generals and uh they was, and so the the father said, your disciples they were running around the city casting out demons how come they couldn't cast the demon out of my son well my well, son had a legion he had a, a crew <laughs> so 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 uh you know and Jesus kind of was like, man y'all, y'all y'all have everything you need why don't you use it?" So he's like, man, bring the boy to me, you know? So, so, but, the, but the demon did the same thing he did with the disciples. He started making the boy go, wow, ah, ah, ah. you know, the disciples are like, whoa, no, we ain't not fooling with that guy. <laughs> and Jesus is like, seriously, <laughs> well, man, man, roll up out of him. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like, like it's, it's, it's it was another level, right? But, see, but so the disciples would move based on the circumstances it looks scary. They, they will move based on the bark. Circumstances be trying to bark, right? Based on the bark, right? But just like a dog, he's barking to keep you away from him. He's not barking because he really want to bite. Somebody said, well, you go behind the fence. <laughs> you go then. All right. So so here, what with, with the scripture is saying, you're going to start to hear God's, God's because there's a still small voice. i been talking to you the whole time, but the goal is for you to hear that voice so you can make your God moves. Right. You see, the scripture tells us in Galatians five twenty five. it says, uh, it says, uh, if we live in the spirit, we'll also walk in the spirit. So the goal is not to visit the spirit, but to be submerged in the spirit. You know, that's what Jesus was telling, uh, Nicodemus, he says, you must be born again. He says, well, I can't go back into my mother's womb. He says, he says, yeah. He says, you must be born of water, submerged in water, like we were birthed into this earth after the water broke. He says, but you got to be submerged in the spirit too. You got to be born of water and of the spirit to even enter into the kingdom of God or see the things of the kingdom of God, to make God move. Right. All right. So just, just that's John three, uh, three through six. All right. Answer, I said, because I don't want us to read everything, but let's go to Ephesians two, again, setting the stage for what we're going to talk about today. Ephesians two, which I, which I love this epistle. So Ephesians two, and we'll, we'll read verse eight since for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god so so you know just so there is a grace for salvation you don't have to pay for your atonement that doesn't mean you don't live righteous <laughs> right it's just your the grace is for your atonement the grace is, doesn't give you permission not to be in right standing not to live right towards god actually the grace frees you up to want to out of your love for god want to live right okay All right. So that's a whole nother message. We talked about that already. Um, So it says not of works, lest any man should boast. Right. So it's just saying that you don't earn your salvation or atonement. You don't have to pay for your atonement. But look at this. It says, verse 10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Right. Unto what? Mm -hmm. Good works, which God has before ordained that we should what? Walk in them. Now, see, we're created for what? good works see we're created for God moves that we were designed for that not just the moves that everybody that people can logically explain right we were created for moves way beyond people's level of explanation we weren't just created for the possible we were also created for the impossible right now it's not impossible to God it's impossible to us but you know but it's uh, with God all things are possible right that's what the Bible says right right you know mark 9 and mark 10. I so so uh I, I happened to uh, uh I was uh called into service yesterday to to do a guy talk you know I got a call late night emergency desperation call I'm playing <laughs> no miss <laughs> miss Lamar said he's gonna be out of town, because he's do guy talk I said fine no problem I said Lord what do you want to talk about and um he told me to talk about obedience, so we started talking about obedience. So, what our topic yesterday was forgotten obedience, and it ties into the Lord was showing me. He was like, "I just set you up because I want you to, to talk about this, because making God moves is t- is going to take some obedience, right?" And and uh, the interesting thing is, let's go to Second Corinthians ten. I know my wife uh for girl talk actually talked about obedience. I don't I don't know the specifics. We didn't compare notes. I know it was powerful. Um but uh second Second Corinthians ten six. Uh, you've heard this scripture here plenty of times. Look, it says uh it says having the readiness. So, so, so it's, it's a certain watchful and mindfulness and attention to detail, or walking circumspectly, or you know, alertness or uh, uh, value here. Having the readiness to revenge, all, all is in there, right? Everybody's reading the word all, right? It says all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So, so, so it's saying that all any any level of disobedience our mindset should be to reverse that thing right right it says all disobedience so it's not like I'm disobedient and then we got well God I was almost obedient on that I'll tell you a story I was at a church uh a church I used to work we used to, we went to it I used to work at and so the spirit of God was moving and uh, uh, we had a foreign exchange student uh, from uh South Africa or whatever, it's one of those persons in Africa now, they follow us now. And the Lord said, uh, give that person uh, the money in your pocket." This is why the spirit's moving. So I went in my pocket and I pulled out 20 dollars. So I gave the person 20 dollars. <laughs> so I'm driving home. figure, I was obedient. The Lord said, why you ain't do what I told you to do? I said, no, I gave the person the $20. He said, that's not what I told you. I told you to give the money in your pocket. Well, at the time, I had about $200 in my pocket. Um, so so I was like, man, I said, I felt convicted. I was like, so I got to go home and tell my wife and, and, and my son that, you know, I stopped to get something to eat too <laughs> with that money. So I said, well, I wasn't obedient. I said, so when I go to church on, we had service, uh, Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. So I go to church on Wednesday, I think it was. Uh, I'm, I'm going to get a person the money. Well, they weren't there. Friday, they weren't there. The next Sunday, they weren't there. The next Wednesday, they weren't there. The next Friday, they weren't there. So what do you think I'm thinking? Statue of limitations? <laughs> Can't get a person the money if they ain't there, right? And so we, we had, a, we had a, a, I ran a basketball, pro, a basketball program for about 13 years and we was doing awards, so I was searching for frames for the certificates. So I went to one place and they didn't have them, where I normally would go, so I had, went to a, another store to get them, walked in the store, who do you think I saw? The person I'm supposed to get the money to. So I called my wife, I said, baby, you ain't gonna believe this. The person I'm supposed to get the money to is, 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 in, the, uh, is in line. So. While she was on the phone, I, I I told the person, I said, well, I wasn't obedient. God told me to give you a certain amount of money. So I went in my pocket and I gave what I thought I had. I said, I had to give you the rest at another time. I didn't really go count or nothing. So when I gave the money, the Lord said, Keith, you got all the money in your pocket. You you ha- you got enough. You got exactly what you need. I was like, really? And so so ended up giving the person the money. So we I got in the car and the Lord said, because cause that was... I, had, I, I revenged the disobedience. The Lord said, you thought I was trying to take something from you, but I wasn't trying to take nothing from you. I was trying to give something to you. So we, go to the, I, we, we had the awards thing that next Sunday gave the youth award, gave them the awards. So they were trying to do something for me, and it was youth. So th- you know, they didn't really have – they weren't rolling like that. Everybody's not working. So what they did was uh, the name of the program was uh, – it was called the Heirs Program. Uh, but heirs, H-E-I-R, Hooping Expression in the Royal Rap Session. But heirs, same scripture we use for our church, we use for that program, Galatians 4. And uh, so they, what they did was, and the logo was a lion with a crown with his hand on top of a ball inside of a basketball. So what they did was one of the guys was the artist. They drew this big painting with the lion with the hand on top of the basketball, and then they, 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 they pasted pictures of themselves. Uh, uh, they pasted me and they pasted pictures of themselves uh, above. And so when I got it, uh, little crybaby. so I just broke down. You know, I'm just, I thought it was, again, I, I thought it was special. Fine, it wasn't like a thousand dollars, but to me, it was from their hearts. So I broke down, start crying. Well, when I broke down, start crying. Well, people from the audience started coming up, giving me money. So many people came up. It was a large church, you know. Um, at at this time, it, it wasn't it had grown to thirty five hundred, but at this time might have been like, I don't know, thousand or so. Um, but it took two hours because people were coming up, giving me money and, and speaking whatever impact I had in their life. They held up the service for about two hours. And so I don't remember how much money it was, but it was a whole lot. So God said, if you weren't obedient to what I told you to do, that would have never happened. He said, so you, a lot of times y- y'all look at the, the the obedience as a cost, or you look at obedience as a uh, some type of uh, level of control, like somebody's putting a whip behind you. But no, no, I'm just trying to keep you in line with my plan and what I have planned for you. That's all this. So it's actually, it's a blessing, you know, for us to be obedient. And, um, and so, so I could tell you a thousand stories, but I just want to give you that one to speak to that scripture when your obedience is fulfilled. Now there, there, there's, 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 two, we're two types of people, you know, there's a heavenly us and then there's a earthly us you know uh the heavenly us was designed in our relationship with god before the foundations of the world jeremiah 1 5 he says i knew you that were new uh means to be intimate with so he said i knew you before you was in your mother's womb now he told jeremiah i ordained you a prophet so jeremiah was a prophet before he even got in the in the womb so while he was in the womb he was what a prophet when he was uh shooting hoops, playing ball, running down the field. He was what? Right. When, when, when mom and them said, go to the store, he was what? When you had to do chores, he was what? Right. He's a prophet the whole time. Now everybody around him had a responsibility to be obedient, to make sure they gave him what he needed to fulfill that assignment. But he had a responsibility to be obedient so he can grow into that. Right. But during, during his growth, he, he's going to be tempted with all types of stuff. You know, tempted with doing this job, doing that job, settling for less, taking the easy way out, not necessarily doing anything for gifting and calling because it's the intangibles which you can't see. And even though the scripture says, look on the things that you can't see for the eternal, don't look on the things that you see for the temporal, right? Mm-hmm. Second Corinthians 4.18, right? So, so here you have... That heavenly us, which was ordained before the foundation of the world. Now that's the real us. That's the person that we're supposed to be investing our lives in making sure we feed the real us. Yes, we're in this world. We're going to navigate through school. We're going to play sports. We're going to do a whole lot of stuff, but not at the expense of our design. Yeah. Right? Not at the expense of our calling. Not at the expense of why he fearfully and wonderfully made us. Right? Alright, so, so 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 here you have the earthly you, which, which was born in, in in this world of sin and iniquity, right? Uh, Psalm fifty-one five. So 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 once you get to this earth realm, you're 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 smothered in this world of sin, right? And so 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 you got these two people operating, but the goal is for us to live the heavenly person on earth not for us to come into the earth and conform. It's, we're supposed to come into the earth and evolve, transform. Romans 12, 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why are you renewing your mind? You, you renew, renew. Not new your mind. Renew your mind. You're, 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 you're calibrating your mind back to your original design before you was in the womb. And you see that happened all the time. You see, it comes out. It comes out in jobs. It came out when you was young. You know, I remember when Jesus was teaching in the temple, and they was like, what you doing I'm about my father's business? Well, what, what, Messiah came out, but it wasn't Messiah time, right? And, and throughout our lives, there's moments where greatness comes out, gifting comes out. We just don't understand it all the time. You know, some of us uh, have discerning of spirits, but, we, we, but for years, we've called them nightmares. Cause we don't know how to operate. We we don't, we pro- we overwhelm seeing the supernatural, cause we're not used to it, right? Some of us have discernment, but people start telling you it's ESP and all types of stuff, right? But you just you just gifted. you, you have the gifted discernment? Like you 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 uh, some uh, spirits co- people come around you, you be like uh oh, like you just know. Yeah. You know you ever you to be you just know. I'm telling you something ain't right about that. How do you know? I can't tell you what it is. But I know, right, right? So, so what it is is you have these gifts. Or some of us are very good at, uh, at, at, at words, just expressions, because you have a gift to do that. But, but we'll be doing it over here with, with these four people, but God has called us to the world. I, I'm, helping, I'm, I'm helping Jimmy and them. Yeah, I just wanna be there for Jimmy and them. I right, good. You could be there for Jimmy and them and the world, if you keep evolving or transforming, right? Don't get stuck, yeah. right? All right, so, so okay, now, we're still talking about God moves here, right? So, because the goal is for us to live, a, 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 uh, live it on earth as it is in heaven, Matthew six ten, right? The Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is. So, so remember, God created the heaven and earth together, so to go Genesis 1, 1, he was finished with the heavens and the earth and all the host of them, Genesis 2, 1, and his goal was, is for us to live a life of heaven on earth, right? Not to, not to live a life as if heaven doesn't exist, the the the, the supernatural realm doesn't exist. So, so, like, like some of us got to make some financial decisions this week. <laughs> that would be me, right? So, so <laughs> I was like, Holy Spirit, why are you getting me? All right, so, so you have to, but but what the Lord is saying, don't just make the decisions. <laughs> It ain't right. But don't just make the decisions based on what you have earthly that's right. because you have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, mm-hmm. right? So make decisions. So if you just make decisions based on what you have, you may panic. But if you make decisions based on what he has, see, that's why we're so tight now. We're so tight because we only want to make decisions we can control. We don't want to make decisions that we got to pull on heaven to assist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We good? All right, so, so again, because we, we're talking about God moves, right? All right, so, so, <laughs> so the thing is, to, to, to operate in, 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 in the way God has designed things, we have to stay in harmony with God, not separate from him. Stay in harmony with him, not separate from him. You know, and that, that was, that's, that's what happened in the garden. In the garden, it says that they were they, they was hanging out with God, with, you know, and it, with the cool of the day. It says that they were naked and unashamed. Genesis 2.25, uh, right? Why were they unashamed? They couldn't see their nakedness. They couldn't see any of their, their flaws or nothing because why? If God's around, what else is important? Right. Hold on, hold on. Let me make sure my suit's together. God's here. So I'm going to take my eyes off of God to make sure. Do I got this? Hold on, God. Just hold on a second. God be right right, right there, man. Let me just make sure I got myself together. We gonna Really? God's here. Nothing else matters. And it said after sin, they knew that they were naked. They were focused on themselves. And it said they hid themselves and they covered themselves. So think about how we live life. Now, 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 now we create uh, our own political correctness for some of our compromise. So we, we use words like I'm shy. Uh, so, some of the cool, cooler people go, yeah, I'm just behind the scenes. Now, now, none of that has nothing to do with Matthew that says, let your light shine, right? That, that's not pastor. Matthew says, let your light shine. Well, well, the interesting thing is we're, we're, we don't realize that flesh is getting in the way and the flesh is still conforming to this world, sin and iniquity. So anytime our, our, our design gets anywhere near sin and iniquity, our first temptation is to hide. When we're around God, we're more apt to shine, right? Like, like even if people have done craziness, it's just their testimony now. They use that to shine, (laughs) right? Oh, man, you can't believe what the dumbness I done. You know, like, well, y'all don't hurt all my dumbness. But, you know know what I'm saying? Like, you, because you're like, you look at, see, see, to make God moves, I got to shine, Right? All right. So, so, so you got me so far. We got to stay in harmony with God. Romans eight twenty eight. it says all things work together for, for the good, right? For them that love God and are the called according to in harmony with his purpose. See, so if I'm staying on that narrow path and I'm staying with God in the presence of God, even the crazy work out for my good. No matter what happens, it works out for my good because my intent is what? To make God moves. Now, if I'm making Keith moves or if I'm making them moves, because a lot of us are making them moves, other people are influencing us, so we're trying to do what they are doing. Right? So if I'm making them moves or Keith moves, well, God doesn't have any, any, any requirement to support that. To move with that. Right? He's, not, he's confirming his word with signs following, not our word or their word, right? Right? That's Bible, right? I'm just saying that's Bible. I'm not, this, this is not from the angle of putting anybody down. This is just dealing with the reality of sometimes how we process things. We, we want God's support and we'll, we'll almost blaspheme God. What kind of God wouldn't come through for me? God is saying, what kind of person wouldn't, wouldn't do what I say do? I designed you. I know what I designed. I know how to get the maximum out of your life. I know how to get you fulfilled. Why? Well, you don't trust me, but you want me to pay for your compromise. He said, God is like, I'm not punishing you. I'm just not paying for that. I'll give you an example. So uh, me and Chris, we family. And so I, Chris, I depend on you. Chris is in the NFL and I, you know, I'm dependent on Chris. You know then how he, he he gets his contract now I'm dependent on y'all y'all need to be there for me so I start making these decisions I don't check with them I just I, listen you know what I think you know if I go there on that vacation I might not be able to pay my mortgage but I'm gone because you know what I'm just gonna call Christian Harold hey man I need some money to cover my mortgage Now, you know what's awful about that? I didn't ask them nothing. I didn't say, hey, I'm going to take this vacation. I'm taking a risk. There's a chance I won't be able to pay my mortgage. You got me, right? And if they go, yeah, I got you, go ahead. Well, then when I call them, be like, man, we already got it ready for you. But when I call them, they're like, why would you do a dumb thing like that? Why would you go on vacation and you know you got to pay your mortgage? Well, how they growing up, they probably say, so you probably didn't tie it, did you? You know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, see, this is what we do. We make choices and then we go, God, yeah. I can't believe you didn't come through for me. I prayed. He said, God is saying, yeah, you pray after you made the choice. You didn't inquire of me before you made the choice. I'd have told you not to do it. Right? Okay. All right. So, okay. Okay. So I, I spent a whole lot of time with foundational stuff, but, but I just want us to understand. So we want to stay in harmony with God. Even the scripture says our confidence this is the confidence we have in him. We pray anything according to his will in harmony with his will. He hears us and we can have the petitions that we desire. From him. Right. But if we're praying something that's not in line with his will, are we confident? Are we going to the throne boldly? Yeah. Lord, you know, I just didn't need you to come through in this relationship. You know, I mean, they only worship the devil on Monday. <laughs> I mean, outside of Monday, they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool, you know. And I think I can convert them, Lord. I mean, I get the whole unequal yoke when I am believers thing, but, I, but this is different. And so we make the move and we go, so God I don't understand why, why you allowed that person to hurt me. Uh, God was like, I ain't had nothing to do with that. You put yourself in a decision, in the in, in situation because you was moved by your feelings. You was moved by your emotions, right? You wasn't led by me. I would have told you, don't even bother. Listen, the pleasure ain't worth the pain. Right? I say that again. The pleasure ain't worth the pain. Right? See, see, the pleasure, the pleasure don't even last that long. The pain be lasting years. For a moment of pleasure, we be getting pain for years. Some of us still dealing with the same pain. Now, now, now go back and triangulate that the pain you're dealing with to the pleasure that got you in that trap. And tell me, tell me it, it's worth it. If you lying to yourself, you probably say it's worth it. But well, if you honest with, okay, I'll use me, cause maybe, uh, ain't no pleasure that set my behind up was ever worth the pain, not one time. And I actually made, made no excuses, I said, that's my dumbness, you know, so I'm just gonna eat it. I ain't asked nobody to get me out of it, I just ate it. I dealt with the consequences, right? all right so good I, I know y'all roll like that so I don't know why I'm preaching to the choir right mm-hmm. <laughs> right now I'm I'm saying like you can't assume that you know that everybody is not handling their business all right so we talked about not conforming and that, see that's that first Adam remember the Bible talks about the first Adam uh, go, let's go to Romans 5 I know I got to speed up a little bit so we're not in church all day uh and, and that's that conforming but that transform see we can either conform to the word or transform with the word that's the second Adam right so Romans five nineteen it says look for as by one man's what disobedience many were made sinners so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous so, so we harmonize with God see, see this is the thing is to make our moves, we need power. And we were talking about this yesterday. And the thing about pow- power or, or authority, like, I, you know, I, I, if, a, there's a, if there's a electricity going, I, I know something that can restrict electric, tri- electricity's ability to do things. Rubber, right? It changes things. So, so we, need, uh, we need to operate in some, a, a, le, a new level of authority. But way back in the garden, when Adam and Eve was told not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which I call it the tree of reason, they were told that not, it seems like a setup, but it is. It seems like a negative setup, but it's a positive setup. It was a setup because he was teaching them obedience so they could draw authority. See, he knew they would need authority in this earth realm to deal with the person that was cast out to this earth realm, and that was Satan. See, remember, he told us, I want you to have dominion, but, but there was a way he was trying to get you to dominion. See, see again, let's make, let's, let us make man our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion, right? Uh, uh, you said subdue the earth. That's what you've been you know, focusing on. Uh, fruitful, multiply, replenish. Huh? Right. Put back in order. So do means to put back in an order and replenish. So so this is Genesis one. But then then, you know, then you got Genesis two. He makes man. Genesis three. They're in the garden. And they basically all they had to do is submit to the authority. So when you submit to authority, you draw authority. Right. You submit to authority, you draw authority. So that's why like, like God is sending us around situations where he wants us to submit to. And we're talking about people that submit to authority, too. Like, you don't submit to a, a, a lord or you submit to a leader. A leader is, is submitting to authority also. Right. Like even even my wife uh, submits to me as under God. Like if I'm not submitting to God, my wife ain't listening to nothing Keith says. Y'all probably done not figure that out by yourself. Right. <laughs> and I mean, keeping it real, nobody in this building. If I don't submit to God, ain't nobody listening to nothing Keith say. Keith, Keith ain't all that important. And, and, and respectfully, Keith ain't the only one in the room, you know. See, so, so some of us are struggling because we, we struggle with submission, right? It's like a curse word to us, but it's really a benefit to us. See, because by them not submitting, they ate of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, now evil is an option. Before that, it was all good. It was, it was all God moves. Once they ate of the tree, now they're going, ah. This, that's what we do now. God tells us to do something, we reason. We re- God is telling us, and we actually reason whether or not we're going to do it or not. God just told you. Why would anybody reason? And think about the person that's in their head sees themselves above God. The fact that you figure you can calculate a justification of you not doing what God told you or doing something different from God's word. You're saying at that point, you have all knowledge. You are all wise. You are omnipotent. You're omniscient. You're omnipresent. And you can sit back with your clipboard and decide whether or not if you want to do what God says or if you even like what God is doing. You you have all knowledge. You have all wisdom. Your wisdom is unsearchable. I'm not I'm I'm saying that from a well, I didn't say no name. So but I said that just to give you a different perspective of how I don't think no one's doing that intentionally, but whether you're doing it intentionally or not, that's what you're doing, you know? And you're cheating yourself from the opportunity to submit to authority, to draw authority. Uh, Jesus comes into the town, and uh, this young lady said this to us just recently. Her, her brother was in a coma. She said, all y'all got to do is speak the word only. She said, yeah, he'll be healed. And he's out of the coma, by the way. He's at home. Yeah, He's actually at home. right? But 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 that she got the phrase from when the centurion came to Jesus and G- he says, Jesus, said, oh, oh, hey, let me just go to your house, man. We can make this happen. he said, oh, oh, no, 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 no. You don't need to come to my house. He says, I'm a man under authority. He said, I submit to authority and I have people under me. I say, go and they go and come and they come. He said, oh, you got to do is speak the word only because he knew Jesus was what? submit it to authority, submit it to God. Everything Jesus said, I'm not here to do my will. He'll do the will of the father. Not here to do my will. Will of the father. It's not, it's not about me is what the father said. Let me check with the father, the father, the father, everything was about the Father. Bible says he was obedient unto death and it, it produced all power. So we want power. Are we obedient at all to anything? Are we, or we couldn't wait till we got older, so we could do what we want to do some of y'all right now i can wait till i turn 18 i do what i want to do that ain't what the goal is man i'm trying to tell you it's not what the goal is that's the listen that's gonna drive you crazy Some ask the adults right now that doing thinking they doing what they want to do they, ask them are they fulfilled i'm not saying that they, they they probably don't have a level of success they're not fulfilled i know that for a fact i remember man i'm in college i'm doing, i clean up my room when i want to after a while that stuff getting a little kind of funky you're gonna have to clean the room man like you know you could you play ain't nobody here what make me clean my room you know ain't nobody in there you know like you just, i ain't doing it you know I, church now i ain't going to church because i don't have to get up because ain't nobody can make me I, you did that for a while but after a while like you know when when, when hell starts raining down you be like i might want to go to church i think i'm just gonna go to church i just go to chapel i'll find a way to slip to the chapel you know something you, know, you understand what I'm saying? Like you, we, 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 we don't realize how that stubbornness or playing off of people that didn't serve us the right leadership and using that as an excuse not to move forward in, in, in being obedient to God is a dangerous thing. Or taking the one relationship, whether it was with church, whether it's the relationship with you was in, and superimposing that over every relationship you come across. This is a new new situation. You got to operate a different level of discernment. You got to keep making God moves. All right, so uh, this is the thing. When you're disobedient, you're committing spiritual suicide. When you're disobedient, you're committing spiritual suicide. Now, the reality is you are, potentially you're taking, you're taking your own life, you know, because the Bible says he's meant for none to perish, but it says when you're not obedient, it says, uh, it says uh, when people don't have vision, they cast off restraint. So restraint means there's boundaries that's keeping me in the presence of God, keep me in the peace of God, keep me in the health of God. But if I have no restraints, I'm all over the place. I'm outside of the boundaries, so I could be outside of the umbrella or the tabernacle or the covering of God. You know, as it says in Psalm 91. And so, so sometimes when we when when we're not obedient. Obedience keeps us in that lane. We're outside the lines. We did a teacher a long time ago called outside line. We're outside the lines. And so like right now if we're under this, this protection, it starts raining. We're not going to get wet. Not because we pray because we're in the building. If we go outside, right, we're going to get wet. It's a, you can, what you can pray, but why to stay under the, the shelter? So God is saying the same thing. You, you walking outside of my umbrella, hell's raining down on you. When you start to feel the impact that gets saturated with, with that hell, then you, you praying and, and, and I'm going like, well, get back under the umbrella. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, 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 so disobedience, there cost can cost you, your, your, actual, uh, natural life, but then also your spiritual life. You know, he says, I said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. Deuteronomy 30, 19, right? And so when we choose life, we're choosing obedience. And that leads us into uh, the fulfilling life that God has for us. You know, you have John ten ten. I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Minister Lamar mentioned Jeremiah 29, 11 on Guy talk yesterday. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. These are thoughts of peace to bring you an expected And God has good things planned for us, but he just needs us to trust him, you know, and stay in harmony with him. Uh, Ephesians 3.19 I know I'm going kind of fast uh, Ephesians 3.19 it says Be filled with all the fullness of God So, so God wants us But, but you, gotta, you gotta be still And know that he's God To let him fill you up You can't keep moving If your glass start jumping around the table And you're trying to pour water in it It ain't gonna get filled Right? It's not gonna get filled like, so we got to stay there and allow God to fill us. And God is uh, patient because he's, he, he's preparing us for where we're going. We're impatient. We, it's just taking too long. This is, I just, this is taking on. Why can't we just do it now? Because you ain't ready to handle it now is what God said. Or, or we're not ready to handle it now. It's not, it's not a punishment. Delay is not always a punishment. It's, it's actually a blessing. It, 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 it's, it's a tremendous blessing. Um, and this is the thing. Going back to, because I don't think, this is what I, I don't think, and that was my opinion that wasn't the Bible, I don't think we're in, trying to be disobedient. Like we wake up, yeah, I'm just, oh, there's something I can be disobedient with? Let me go and do that over here. Like, I don't think we do that. You know, I think fear, I think circumstances, you know, there's a whole lot of things that facilitate disobedience. Most of it, mostly, we don't really trust God. And so so if we, have to, we have to invest in getting enough word where we can see God clearly, know that he is, and then we'll operate more faith and we'll be more obedient. But this is what I want to say. I get it. People have hoodwinked us, betrayed us, taken advantage of us, and abused us in some cases. And they ain't all, all, all been strangers. Some of us has been family. And, and, and it was unfair it does work out for good but you got to keep moving like you can't see how it works out for good if you're not if you don't keep moving taking the next best step from where you are but what I want to say is don't use circumstances as an excuse not to be obedient right, right? don't use circumstances as an excuse not to be obedient and, and so, so I, I shared this because um, obedience doesn't shut down or hearing disobedience, it doesn't shut down because you've been played, betrayed, or in pain. It don't shut down. Like Obedience is not over. So so let's say God tells you to do something, you, you, you played, betrayed, abused, you go through a level of pain. Uh, I, I shared on Guy Talk what I went through at the last church. Uh, I can give you t- tons of relationships. I can give you some family situations. Um, I mean, how I started out with, with foster parents. <laughs> That's what made me bitter in the, in the early years. Uh, but, but this is the key. That still didn't stop why God put me here, what's his path for me, and what I'm purposed to do. It didn't stop that. So so I, I gave this example when I was uh, working for the church in Ohio. People always came in asking about purpose. I just want to know what my purpose is. Man, I just want to know what my purpose is. But then sometimes I would get couples for counseling, and the argument would be one person might have been a little, a little, either a little more spiritual or a little more zealous than the other. You could pick which one. So the guy come in, man, she tripping. All I know is God told me to quit my job. And she come and bring me in here to talk to you. I'm the man in this house. I just asked one question. I said, what else did God tell you? What do you mean? I said, God, stop talking. So God gave you one instruction, and he's done talking to you. Suppose the next instruction was has been a week. Go back and get your job. You about to get three times the money you had before. Suppose the next instruction is, okay, now that you left that job, I need you to go over here. Right now that you're out of that relationship, I need you to go here. Now that uh, you've learned that church was your high school. Now I need you to go to church college. Right. I need you to go over here. Now are we, are we coming to Lord for our daily bread? Cause the Bible says give us this day, our daily bread or are we just getting a, a biscuit and we want to de- eat that biscuit for the rest of our lives. You, you understand what I'm saying? When I, when I say that, I'm saying like, like God is constantly giving us like your GPS. So, so, so I gave that example, I think yesterday, so like with GPS, so let's say the GPS is your Holy Spirit and he's giving you instructions to get to your destination of purpose, right? And let's say you miss a turn because you're disobedient. So you miss a turn or well, we're disobedient. Any of us can do it. All right, so we're disobedient. GPS, don't, don't, don't just shut down. Oh, man. All right, man, just, man, just turn the car off, man. I mean, one, I told you where to go. It's right there on the map. Man, just shut the car down, man. We just stay right here. And it's over at that point. Like you don't have to do nothing else. The GPS, as soon as you make the wrong mistake, soon as you miss it, soon as you're disobedient, the GPS reroutes you. Gives you the next best step from where you are. So it's constantly telling you what else to do, how to get out of it. The Bible says, "There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man." But God is faithful. With the temptation, He'll make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear. It, right? First Corinthians 10, 13. That's God. The way of escape is you got in this mess. Because you were disobedient. But I'm faithful even when you're not. The Bible says he abided faithful even when we're not. So out of my faithfulness. What I'm going to do is reroute you. I'm just going to reroute you. Now, now let me ask you, are we listening for the reroute? Or have we been still stuck in the bad choice, things didn't work out? Mm-hmm. So, so there's two athletes. Uh, these, are, these people are close to me. I'm not going to say their names. I'm going to do the name calling thing, but these two guys are real close to me. Both of them played for a top college. Both had an opportunity to go to the NFL. One person, top draft, uh, fresh out the gate. The other person, not didn't get drafted as high, but they they you know they did pretty good. Um, and uh, one person, it's almost like the the, we, the hare or the, the rabbit, you know, right out the gate. The other person, I, I'm, I'm, both to me, both of them are in blessed, blessed situations, but one just because one started out. Right on top, everything went well, set pretty much set for life early. That doesn't despise the other person that had a 12-, 13-year career may not have looked as shiny as some, but they set for life. See, the thing is, but the other person had to keep moving, even though it didn't look like everybody else. It didn't look as shiny as everybody else. right? The opportunity didn't look as grand as everybody else. That doesn't mean God wasn't going to give a person the opportunity. It's just that God wanted them not only to go through a different process, but to develop different relationships along the process. When you shout out a cannon, you skip a whole lot of relationships. There's a whole lot of people because it's all about you. When you're going through a process, it's about others. I was, we was talking to the lender for the, the building, and uh, he was, he was kind of asking, he was like, so how, like, how did y'all do what y'all doing? And, and I said, well, you know, as, I said, we have family church. I said, but the church also has a lot of relationships. It's everywhere. Because we, see, the thing is, we're so into ourselves sometimes, we rush past relationships. Then, when you're in a, a tough situation, you're looking for relationships, wondering why nobody's showing up because we hadn't thought about nobody. See, when you God moves, covers everything. See, see, remember the the, the young lady? She made a God move, uh, and we'll have to get into this next week because I I don't, don't want to get into all of it. But she uh, she went to touch the him a uh, him of his garment. Said, "If I the him of his garment, I made whole." And I've told you the story before, but. She wasn't just touching him in his garment. She didn't come up with that. Well, like, you know what I think I'm going to do? Touching him in his garment. So I could be made whole. See, no, 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 no. Folk was touching him in his garment. He went into a town. People were touching him in his garment. And everybody got healed. And she missed her opportunity. Jesus leaves town, comes back to the town. And his reputation's already all over the town for what he did. When he came back, she was like, look. I need to make a God move. I don't care who in my way. I don't care what they got to say. If I can just touch him. The Bible says she was healed. Jesus asked who touched him. Then he said, daughter, your faith, your God move has made you whole. Wholeness is, is not just, I, I got the symptoms relieved. Every every part of your being, see, see, salvation is wholeness. It's from the Greek word sozo, it means wholeness. It's not just deliverance. It's not just fire insurance, you know, from hell. It's actually every aspect of your life is covered. God covers relationships. He covers family. He covers the desires of your heart. He covers what he purposed you to do. It's all covered. So when God tells you to make a God move, he's trying to... He, He's setting you up. He's trying to get something to you. So, if you go through each instance in the Bible, Rahab made a God move. Rahab wasn't even supposed to deal with, with the children of Israel. Listen, I don't know what all y'all think. We can do all this traditional stuff if you want to, but if they come around me, I'm going to help them. But <laughs> she's in the Bible, in Hebrews 11. It said that like, because she made a God move, her family was saved. When Israel came in and took out everybody, not Rahab. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes, you, you, sometimes we, we don't realize God's having us make these moves. is about others. It's not even about us. Like you know, we've talking about this guy talk. See, God's trying to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. And I get this. There's people in the room who go, well, I don't need exceedingly abundantly above because I'm humble. I just need a couple little trinkets. you know, just give me a bottle of water and some oil. If we get some, some locusts and some honey, and I'm good. Cool, let's say that's you. God still don't want to see Leo money above all, you can ask the thing. Why? Because the overflow will impact other people's lives. But if I just want enough for me. Then I'm not a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit in my season, producing what other people are supposed to partake of. I'm just getting enough nourishment to exist as a plant. I'm not producing no fruit because I don't want nobody else eating. That's not fair. Not that you don't want anybody else eating. Your concern is not if anybody else eats. Your concern is, am I comfortable in my cubicle? not cubicle, I, I really meant bubble, in my bubble. And so so God is having us to make these moves and we'll get into actually some great examples of people that were led to make God moves that's changed all of our lives. Some people in here, if you if you do, if you uh, revenge your disobedience, you're gonna change some lives. And, it, and I get it, it's tough sometimes. We was talking about this uh, this is my last example, is Gideon. So, so God wanted to use Gideon to take some folk out. So he gathers together an army, because you figure he felt more comfortable with the army. But God reduced his army back down by what was this, like 1%, right? And uh, so instead of three thousand, three hundred. 300. And, and the thing is, what God showed me, it's not like he wasn't gonna eventually have an army of 30,000 or whatever. It's for that victory, that breakthrough, That God move, people had to see God was on it, as my wife was saying when we was driving, had to see God on it. But also, God wanted to show him, listen, you can can do everything that's popular. You can run with the crowds, right? That's your 30,000, but you got all these people going in so many different directions, you ain't gonna win no wars. He said, I'm giving you people where you can be in agreement or they won't break rank as the scripture says, right? He says, where you, you can really forge a solid foundation of victory and build from there. Right. He says, so, so, so yes, you can keep up with everything else. But I was just talking to a pastor in, uh, uh, in Ohio in Toledo, the guy we went to minister to, he was like, he said, man, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing all these people that they, they look exciting on the front end and there's all these people, but they have so many headaches because they didn't go through the process. They didn't make a God move, they made a popular move, right? They didn't make a people move, which is a God move, they made a population move, right? And so, so they miss it, so now they need people. <laughs> right? You need people for all these people, right? But they didn't take the time with their 300, right? That was a God move, to be obedient. And so, so, so I got you. So that's what God is trying to get us to do. Just make some God moves. And it's different. Jonathan his armor bearer. They see the Philistines, they see an army and they're they're looking at this army. And what happened is the the blacksmiths and everything is the strategy is take out all, (laughs) take out all the people to make the, make the weapons. So only the like Jonathan, Saul might have had weapons. I think is that right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So they go to fight. Look, Oh, this is good. The armor bearer could have just said, like, you got, a, you got a weapon, you go and do your thing. He followed him. He stayed, he submitted to authority, he followed him. So what Jonathan did, he went, he took somebody out, when he took him out, that person dropped their weapon and the armor bearer picked up that weapon and then they went, listen, it was, a, it was, it was armies against armies. It was at a standstill everybody's sitting there going man we can't do nothing with the philistine man they're crazy but god prompted jonathan man i need you to make a god move when they looked down they looked they said what's going on down there it says the philistines are dropping like flies it was two guys it was just two guys jonathan and his armor bearer and 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 they saw him dropping like flies so what happened is courage went inside the other army they said like, hey We're winning now, let's go. (laughs) But that all took place because what? Jonathan made a God move. Can God get you to make a God move independent of the circumstances? Unsurmountable odds? Not a safe place, you might have to leap. Instead of taking a safe step, can he get you to make God moves? Well, well, I'm gonna tell you, uh, God always gives us advanced information. So if you haven't been hearing different things you're supposed to do, you will. But God is trying to inspire you that, okay, this is my opportunity to revenge all disobedience by fulfilling this obedience here. God's going to work it all out for good. God's going to restore to you the years, the former years. Uh, God's going to give you restitution. He's going to resurrect some things, but now you have an opportunity again to make a God. All right, you stand on your feet, that's enough.